0: Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast for another episode, a fun-filled episode, hopefully with lots of discussion as we look back at last week's Made in Himalayan win for Oliver Wilson, the Live Golf Boston Extravaganza, the win from Dustin Johnson. What a tournament, we'll talk about that. And obviously, we'll build up to Wentworth this week for the BMW PGA Championship, and also, we'll discuss all the goings-on. Billy Horschel comments, Matt Fitzpatrick comments, John Rahm, the likes. So, to do all that, with me, as normal, is my big bro, and here he is.
1: Hey, bro, how are you doing? You all right, You good? I hey,
0: mate. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, first and foremost, everybody, I want you to stand up and doff your cap. If you haven't got a cap, pretend that you've got a cap. This big bro, one, two bowls tournaments at the weekend yes yeah he's not old he's not old he's coming up to his 50th year on this planet but he plays bowls at a weekend against old people and he won two tournaments well done
1: mate thank you very much bro yeah very good two or three final wins this weekend yeah very pleasing anyway let's not talk about bowls let's talk about golf
0: hey do you know why you're good at bowls i reckon go, go is on. that it's and why you're not good at golf is that because the idea of golf is you've got to get the ball in a hole. You haven't got to do that with bowls, have you? So I think that lies um that's that's the answer to your success.
1: Very true statement, yes. Very true statement. <laughs> Can't deny that. No, that's you're it. all right. You're
0: all right. I've only been beating you recently. So right, let's get into it. Let's let's start off last week, shall we? Um a return to form for an ex Ryder Cup player in the shape of Englishman. Oliver Wilson. Great win for him.
1: Yeah, superb win. And again, another one of these, you know, kind of when we talk about tournaments and, you know, form players and stuff, and, you know, we're looking for that. It's kind of, if you actually look at what he'd been doing recently, he wasn't that far off and he did have form at Himmel and he, he certainly likes the course, um, you know, again, obviously afterwards and sort of in his speech sort of saying he'd been working with Callaway, trying to find that magic potion, that touch, and he found it. And he's obviously playing some really good golf, a confident player. Uh, been around the tour for quite some time, obviously his second DP World Tour, European Tour win. Um, and a guy who's in his 40s and, yeah, just shows you can do it. Just, you know, grinding away and finding that magic on the golf course. And he certainly found it. Brilliant. Brilliant to see that, though, isn't it? For someone who's oh, been fantastic. around for so long
0: yeah and uh, do you know what he's like you said you can see his game was getting somewhere back to his best, and I know he was talking um on a podcast with Josh Antman and he was discussing you know the goings on and what have you and how his game was, but he seems to be in a great place and he seems to be so happy with his game
1: yeah absolutely that that's shone through um yeah, listening to some of those comments and also obviously you know he's it, kind of when he he was in tears, it just shows you the The raw emotion of these players, you know, it's kind of okay. It was, you know, DP World Tour event, you know, you're not getting the same amount of ranking points in terms of the world ratings and stuff like that, but it still means a lot to these players. And he certainly showed that it was, yeah, it was quite emotional at the end, wasn't it? Trying to get his words. Oh,
0: absolutely. You know, that's what we've seen it so often, haven't we? You know, we saw it with Blandy and Barter, you know, after Blandy won, after all the heartache and the long arduous path to success and they know these boys know the talents there. It's such a game of marginals. We know that and he's got there, he's got back there and he'll be at Wentworth this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And clearly playing some good golf at the moment and probably is going to be at astronomical odds to feature in a star studded field uh, at Wentworth this week, which I know we will talk about on this podcast.
0: Yeah, well, talking about the stars that will be in that star-studded field. Um, some of them played last week in the latest edition of the Live Golf Tour. Um, they were up they at Boston, did. Boston, Massachusetts, baby, for, at the International Course. I really liked it. You know, let's before we get into the tournament, let's talk about the course. I thought the course was fantastic. I thought the rough was was a decent length, considering the greens were very glass-like.
1: Yeah, no, it certainly seemed a, a challenging golf course to play. Uh, you know, a lot of kind of quirky elements to the the course itself. Um, you know, the rough. I mean, again, these these players, you get in this kind of thickish rough and stuff. They can still, you know, they've got the power. They've got the technique. They can edge it out. And, you know, a lot of, lot of good golf last week. It, it was a tournament, wasn't it? It was a tournament.
0: Oh, it was brilliant. It was, um, you know, great to see that. Anabandrahiri didn't, um, you know, the player's second wasn't a fluke. He was well up there for a chance. That second into the into the par five, oh, giving himself oh an eagle opportunity, and he just lipped out. You know, particularly well that turns out that should have been for the win.
1: That um, would have been for the win. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: <laughs> and then Westwood, we're chunking, chunking a nine iron or a pitching wedge, whatever it was, it was very reminiscent of when Monty chunked his nine-iron at wing foot in the US Open um, when it was all to play for. It was there in his in his hands. And Westwood did exactly the same thing. But it so wasn't a major, but what a financial mistake that was.
1: Oh, massive. I mean, he's still smiling at the end because, obviously, he's collected a, a, a large wedge of dollars, but... um yeah, you would you would be unhappy with that, wouldn't you? You know, kind of that that just playing absolutely brilliant. I think you know if he'd have made birdie, just shot a sixty, I believe. Yeah, I think in that yeah. final mm-hmm. round, and I mean you know the we were in about the course record on a live tournament, obviously four tournaments in and stuff like that. So, yeah, br- brilliant to see uh, that that kind of um, quality of golf from some. You know, we Lee Westwood. I don't think had been playing great golf this year. Um, but, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll throw you some numbers for, from Liv in a minute once we've kind of had a little bit more of a chat, but especially as you've mentioned Anaban Lahiri's name. But uh, a great tournament. But I guess one thing I didn't like, right, and I guess I know it's a new venture and Greg Norman, he's heavily invested as the CEO of Live Golf but you don't kind of see it from the other CEOs, do you? I mean, you, you did, obviously, with Monaghan at the FedEx, as you would expect, because he was delivering the trophy. But Norman's always there, hovering about the green. You know, that there was a video posted up on Twitter of him, you know, kind of, obviously, with his hands on his head as DJ made that monster eagle put, rather fortuitously, because it was racing at least 15, 12 feet. Yeah, it was. By. it's like It yeah, crazy, crazy. But... um yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's like he's always got to be there, hasn't he, and stuff. But it was, yeah, the crowds were up, the viewing figures certainly what's, seemed what's like the they were What's the problem with that? What's the problem with Greg Norman being there, then? I don't, I, it's obviously part of all, all the, the public. Well, it's, it's not so much of a problem. It's just that, you know, you always get these videos splashed about on Twitter, or on social media. And, you know, obviously they want to be pushing the agenda, don't they? And it's kind of, you know, sort of seeing that stuff. It's just, there's always some kind of video with Greg Norman lurking in the background at one of these first four events, I think. And it's kind of, I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. I
0: don't know. Yeah, you know, I loved it. I thought it was probably, well, no, definitely, um, aside from, you know, a handful of tournaments, I think it was the most exciting Sunday of golf I have seen since... I would say more exciting than Rory's final day win in the Tour Championship. That was more um, a few players chucking it away, even though he played well. I would say it was the best since Tiger Woods won the Masters.
1: Really? You'd go that far?
0: Yeah, I, I loved it. Every moment of it, there were there were players in contention, out of contention. Cam Smith was coming back. DJ faded a little bit. He had that shot up against the tree. Annaban Lahiri in... For nearly with an eagle, some great shots, some great up and downs, crowds surrounding the green. It was fantastic. And It's just, I, I enjoy it. I really do. Like, you know, I went to Centurion, the first one. I enjoyed my time down there. And I'm enjoying the fact that it might change in the future, obviously, with the needs and the necessity to have um, a TV contract and sponsors and what have you. But the coverage, see uninterrupted coverage of a Sunday golf tournament with quality players like DJ, Gooch, Cam Smith. It For me, it was great. And I loved it. And I couldn't take my eyes off it.
1: No, I think I would agree with you on that one. I think, you know, you you listen to a lot of people in the world of golf and, you know, they're kind of saying, well, you know, what's there to play? It's just dollars. It's just money. You know, kind of what's there to play for and stuff. But like the tournament was, it was captivating. It, it, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. There were so many players in with a chance of winning that tournament on the Sunday, and it wasn't just about the players. Obviously, the team event, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sure about this team event because of how they structure the the teams themselves, and the likes of Pat Perez, who's gaining financially. I know he had a better tournament. Um, but I I don't know I still I still got reservations around it but as a golf tournament I thoroughly enjoyed it bro it was yeah it was definitely one to watch this time around and I watched a fair bit of it on the Sunday
0: well I fancied the fireballs and that's not just me scratching in other regions after chopping a chili the, fi- <laughs> the fireballs GC with Garcia uh, Chicara answer Ortiz in the team um they, they were out of it. They were last in the team event and all of a sudden they were in fourth on the last day. And I thought they've got a chance here and it was two in and fro in the iron heads. The cliques were up there for a bit. Obviously you had the aces with DJ Perez, Gooch and who's the last one?
1: DJ oh, um, Perez, Gooch. Yeah, anyway. It, anyway. Yes. Yeah, anyway. There you go. That's how unremarkable it all is.
0: Oh no, no, it is remarkable. I loved it. I Um, the, the young lads, the Jordan stroke English you got Perez, G-
1: Perez Gooch, Reedy and DJ. They're the yeah, there races. you go.
0: Yeah. There you go. But what about... So, um, when Stenson had to pull out um, because of Vertigo... Um, oh, is that what he, it was? Vertigo, was it? Yeah, he suffered it with was it at the lofty,
1: lofty heights of winning that 4 million, 4.75 uh, exactly. million or whatever it was. Yeah. Still
0: yeah. dizzy with that, yeah. He had to pull out. So, he was replaced with... Um, Shingo or Curdy K- or Kurdy, whatever his name is English, oh, stroke, yeah, English stroke Jordanian young lads. I think he was 19 or whatever. Has he played some really nice golf. I know oh, that, sure did. that Who pressure.
1: He, I've never heard of him before.
0: No, he's been on, um, he's been on golf circuits, an Asian tour and, and what have you. And he's, he came in last minute. I think they have players hanging around just with the, in the off chance of, um, of getting into the tournament and he did and he took his opportunity and played some cracking golf so I'd like to see more of that lad um going forward whether that happens or not and and as you said the team event it's got to it's got to evolve it's got to change I can see it and I've said before on many of the bros and birdies podcasts that I think it will go down the, the route of formula one um, I think there'll be mm. sponsors involved and players coming and going and what have you. And then obviously as Blandy said in, in the interview we did that there's a, you know, there'll be a ranking system and at the end, you know, once you've got after Miami, the, the final, the final tournaments, you'll see where everyone stands and everyone will be a lot clearer going forward to next year. So it's yeah, definitely still a work in progress, it, man. It's four tournaments in and the, the chatter and social media and in media in general has has flipped on its head it's gone from so negative to quite positive in the in the space
1: of two months um, i think there's so- still some camps though bro isn't there it's like i, I think i you know again I, i'll agree with what you've just said some of what you've said there is that the momentum seems to have changed in certain areas there are still your staunch activists against live and you know they're on twitter and posting their comments and stuff and and, and maybe they'll never move but we have seen some changes in, in certainly in tweeting from you know some people that you you stay connected with or you watch you know what they're kind of writing and stuff like that and it's yeah it's just the, it's that fine balance at the moment isn't it in terms of where people are really really sitting in terms of the live golf sphere no,
0: exactly. Definitely camps. Um, and I'm sure they'll every, you know, there's always going to be an element of people against um, live golf for exactly the, the reasons that they've been against it from the start, be it where the money's come from and how they're disrupting golf. But um, talking of where the money's come from, I know you've got some money facts on what happened last week in Boston.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's interesting when you look at the numbers, isn't it? And and you know I do and stuff. And I, I keep this, you know, I, I've looked at these four events. I've kept a running spreadsheet and I love to do the analysis on it. And it, I've got some really, really interesting points on this one. Let me just give you a few. So 30 players of the 71 players that have played on these four live events have uh, who have played have actually won greater than a million dollars, right? 30 players of 71. Nine of those 30 players have won greater than $3 million, and those nine players have scooped nearly 50% of the total prize pool, which is $100 million through the four events, 25 at each event. That is astounding as a statistic for those nine players. Those nine players are DJ, Grace, Schwartzel, Gooch, Reed, Stenson, Ortiz, Duplessis, who obviously didn't play at Boston this week. And Louis Usthaisen. That that is just an, an outstanding, phenomenal stat. I'm going to say it phenomenal. Um, 43 million dollars have been shared across 11 players from the four aces and the stingers. Right, 43 million that's 43 percent of the total prize pool. That is just again, it's just an unbelievable, um, you know, and that's 43 percent of the total pool. From which is effectively you know 15% of the total player pool, those 11 players of the total player pool. Player notes specifically Annabelle Lahiri, massive, massive surprise in terms of him moving to live, 92nd in the official world golf rankings before going to Boston, played 165 events on the PGA Tour, earning 9.3 million dollars in those 165 events he won 2.2 million dollars last week that is 24 percent of his total earnings across those 165 events these are just astronomical numbers life-changing numbers and you know Anna lahiri probably woke up on monday morning thinking thank christ i made that decision and i moved peter uline 361st in the world rankings, has played 126 events on the PGA Tour, earned $4 million in total, has won $2 million in those four events. That's 50% of what he's <laughs> earned over those. Yeah, again, big numbers. Matthew Wolfe, you know, relatively new on the golf scene over the last few years, 100th in the world rankings. He's played 64 events only on the PGA Tour. Crossbow sixty-four. He's earned seven point six million. So it wasn't like Matt Wolf was short of earnings on the PGA Tour. He was scooping a lot of money. But again, in three events, he's won two point seven million. You know, these are just numbers to die for. And I, and I look at these numbers, and I just I get absolutely mesmerised. But I, I thought you know the, the the viewers, the listeners, and you in particular would be interested in some of these numbers. But like th- these are eye-watering numbers to look at when you look at them on a spreadsheet and in reality it's changing people's lives even greater it's yeah, absolute phenomenal ph- phenomenal i'm going to say i'm getting <laughs> excited talking about these numbers. well
0: i hope i hope all our listeners haven't become numerically dyslexic after listening to all of that but yeah it's 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 exciting it's um it's a bit crude but then again you know, the money on the PGA Tour circuit is quite crude. I know it's in no way, no way comparable to live, um, but it's still crude. The money across the game is crude. And not a lot of it's being filtered down into the DP World Tour, unfortunately, which we'll get on to in a minute. But regarding Boston, you know, we go to Chicago next um, in a few weeks. And it's I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it again. I I don't know if it's going to be the same field yet. It hasn't been announced. Um, But it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting this week. And hopefully, we're going to get to Wentworth and we'll we'll see what's going on down there. And hopefully, there's not too much animosity being thrown at players. So, shall we move on from last week's Live and talk about what has been going on this week?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Well, let's talk about... Let's talk about what was broke what news broke today, which is the fact that basically the Seve tro- Seve Trophy is coming back um, in the shape yeah, in of, a different name, yeah, in the shape of the Hero or whatever it is, and it's being hero held Cup. in U- the UAE. Um, there'll be five, four balls, five foursomes, and ten singles, um, twenty matches in total. Great Britain and Ireland versus Continental Europe to get themselves ready for the Ryder Cup next year and basically it's I don't know what your opinion is but you know it probably makes sense on the grounds that they've got to get some of these lads that are going to be thrown into the Ryder Cup because of the situation with Liv it's getting them some match play experience
1: Uh, yeah absolutely it seems to be sort of generated maybe by Luke Donald I think he seems to be the architect and engineer of this obviously supported by the DP World Tour um and a chance of, you know, sort of getting a little bit of team golf out there, as you say. And I think that the major driver around it really is, is as you rightly say, is to get some prep in ready for the Ryder Cup in Rome in 2023. Um, you know, is it something I will get excited about? I mean, the SEBI Cup kind of died a death, didn't it? Um, this, is it going to be a Dying one-off? Is... Well, it's... it's...
0: <laughs> For me, it's like President's Cup. I'm not going to be watching any of the President's Cup. I find it completely and utterly, utterly tedious. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it'd be nice to see some of the, the young lads maybe watching the, the Hoygaard brothers um, playing a bit of match play. You can imagine those two in in, in the four balls, uh, foursomes. That'll be quite interesting to see. So, you know, on that, on that aspect and that side of it, I'll be excited to see what goes on. Um, and, yeah, it would be interesting to see some of the, the British lads who haven't had a chance to shine, to get onto that stage and um, put the case forward for a Ryder Cup pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's happening, as you say, in the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, between the 13th and the 15th of January. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, not something I think that I'm particularly excited about, but it's obviously an attempt by Mr. Donald to uh, to try and kind of see a few players. You know, again, it's just restricted to GB and Ireland, um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I might take a little look at it, but away, away yet. Many Way months of January.
0: Well, one of those players that you know will be featuring in the Ryder Cup next year in um, in Rome, Marco Simioni, um, will be Matt Fitzpatrick. Now, he's had quite a bit to say um, over the last few months. We know he's had a lot to say uh, about live golf and what it's all about, but he's he's had a bit to say about this strategic alliance between the pga tour jay Monahan, dp world tour keith pelly and he said it's it's not strong it's very biased um which of course it is but i'm gonna bring something to you now I, so i'll i'll say what he's he's been going on about he's been saying you know they expect me to play in these 20 elite tournaments um over on the pga tour that were announced recently after the meeting with. Um, Tiger Woods, Rory, and et cetera, et cetera. And he's turned around and said, you know, why can't four of those events, it's funny that he's picked the number four, why can't four of those events be played on the DP World Tour? Well, first and foremost, let's take that scenario. Let's say that four of them were played over here on the DP World Tour. That would mean 60 players, because there's fields of 60 and there's elite tournaments, I believe. 60 players will come over and play in the DP World Tour. We've already had today people moaning about certain players taking players, DP World Tour players, in the Wentworth tournament, right? We'll get onto that a bit later. So, for me, I think it's a complete and utter, instead of taking a swipe at Pelly and saying this strategic alliance is absolutely rubbish, we're being held to ransom by the PGA Tour, just like they strong-armed Australia, just like they strong-armed Japan, They're doing the same with us. He hasn't said that. He's basically been selfish and said, well, I need to play four events on the DP World Tour event at least to keep my playing rights. So I want four of the elite tournaments to be played over the DP World Tour um, stage so then I can still play the elite tournaments for all that extra cash and keep my European Tour
1: card. What do you reckon? So my initial reaction to that, my opinion is, isn't that, kind of really what the strategic alliance between the dp world tour and the pga tour should really be about i think to an extent he's got a point um you know and and i think that there's no harm in him in him actually saying that i think yeah i mean that's my initial reaction i mean that the strategic alliance for me should be about both tours benefiting um you know, and and we've got the opposite of that at the moment, haven't we? You know, um, in terms of, you know, obviously what's happening with Live, all of these PJ Tour have come out and talked about all these, you know, new big events with shitloads more money that they're going to throw at it and stuff. And I, I don't see anything wrong with what Mitz, what uh, Fitzpatrick is actually suggesting there. I think again, it's another. It's another view. They've all got opinions. He wasn't the only one, obviously. I mean, you know, Westwood's come out with a quote. I, th- I think over the last 24 hours, um, you know, again questioning this st- supposed strategic alliance. You know, you know, giving your your 10 best players to the another tour. It's, it's like it's like one company saying to the other one, who's a competitor. There you go. You can have our 10 best employees. is is pretty much what he said. And he's also gone as far or further and said. He's actually been telling Pele, uh, Keith Pele, that for 12 months. So, you know, and and this is how it would play out. So it's kind of, you've got, you know, obviously Fitzpatrick and Westwood, you know, two stalwarts... fitzpatrick's not a stalwart but he's been around for you know a lot longer than what many people will probably think he has but you know these are the big european players the Ryder cup players you know that the billy big boys and stuff and and they're now on opposite sides of the fence aren't they you know Westwood's at live fitzpatrick stayed loyal loyal loyalish to the tours and stuff obviously but he plies most of his trade on the pga tour now but he still wants to be a member of the DP World Tour. So why can't he have those four, four tournaments? I, I think you, it's a valid request. But that's
0: not a strategic alliance, is it? That's basically getting 60 of the best PGA Tour players coming over and playing. All right, if it was an alliance, can 60 of our DP World Tour players go and play in the Memorial? Can they go and play in the Arnold Palmer Invitational? No, they can't. So for me... I I see what you're saying and I see Matt Fitzpatrick. It would make a lot of sense, but it's a very convenient um, situation if that happened for Matt Fitzpatrick, for Rory. You know, Rahm comes over and plays a lot of golf over here, supports the tour. I understand that. Rory's playing in Italy next week and what have you. But that's not a strategic alliance. Like, Like you said, like Westwood said, giving you 10 players away. So that's 10 players gone there what if they keep their card the year after and they stay there then we give another 10 that's 20 of Your best players gone in two seasons are the kft the top 10 players of the kft coming over to play in a dp will tour next year or the year after no they're not and why won't they because they're not going to give up the chance to play for all that big money on the pga tour so the strategic alliance, that doesn't make any sense to me. A strategic alliance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour would mean better funding, increased purses for the DP World Tour events. The official world golf ranking system, which Jay Monahan sits on the board of, that doesn't favor the DP World Tour players because our fields are weaker. So, therefore, the field rating is a lot weaker. Yes, it's all about the shock gains and, and, and what have you. But it doesn't matter if your tournaments are actually half the value of the KFT event. So, we're going to have players slipping down the world rankings week after week after week. I see no way. I see no way that this is different than the way that the PGA Tour killed the Australian PGA Tour. Yeah, that's that's my opinion I can see where Matt Fitzpatrick is coming from because it means he can come over and keep his card while still playing for all that mega mega money on this new elite player tour they moaned about players growing the game with those stupid comments that some of the live golfers came out and said oh we're growing the game this that and the other well these new elite tournaments are not growing the game they're just making the rich golfers richer And I I don't see any
1: proper strategic alliance between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So maybe this is where they've got to work a little bit harder at this strategic alliance. We heard yesterday that there was a special meeting with the DP World Tour, Keith Pelley at Wentworth. You know, allegedly he's kind of stood his ground on a lot of things that have been said and, you know, been very stoic in his opinion. But... Again, I think what we're hearing is, uh, you know, we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday evening. There is a players meeting at Wentworth tonight. And maybe, it, you know, again, it's the players coming together and sort of saying, you know, what do we need to do to address some of these issues and get this strategic alliance back on track in terms of maybe where it is? Supposedly was supposed to be heading, but has lost its direction a little bit. Um, I don't know. We'll find out maybe a little bit more tomorrow. Um, you know, certain players will probably come out and make comments, and we'll find more. But it, it's certainly going to rumble on. I think you know we'll all have our own opinions on this, and and that's what this space is all about. And you know, anybody listening to this podcast or other podcasts will also have their own opinion. But and um, I, I just like my. My ideal world is harmony, peace, love, and harmony, and uh, we're just not there at the moment. I don't oh, know if we'll fuck ever get off With there all with... that
0: sentimental <laughs> bollocks, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable! <laughs> peace and harmony. What are you? You'd go on a catwalk for Miss World or something?
1: Ah, shut up! Go on, get on with the podcast. Come on, what? next? Jesus Christ!
0: Right, next we're going to get to Wentworth, right? Um unless there's anything else
1: you want to bring up or talk well, no, about. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, the, the Live Saga continues, doesn't it? it? It really continues to rumble on. And I think that, that's probably the last thing I wanted in relation to um, Live, really, and, and golf and, and what's going on in the world of golf at the moment. But, yeah, I'd love to start talking about Wentworth.
0: Well, and you also got the Patrick Reed and Randall Shambles thing going on in the background, haven't you? no um, oh, absolutely, so... yeah. Yeah, okay, right. So we are heading to what is the flagship event? Um, that and obviously at Valderrama um, on the DP World Tour. It's a great place. We love it. And I'd just like to share something with you. I've written Come a song especially for Pelly and Wentworth. So here it is coming to you a song about Wentworth.
2: I start feeling funny when I get inside I'm talking about Wentworth, oh you've got a dirty mind It's gonna be feisty for the guys who come from live. There'll be fans of Rory's abuse slay If I were Keith Pelley, oh no, Jim Monahan's bro, I'd stand down, cause my rankings so low. He's selling our tour short and the players need much more. But he'll send our ten best players to the PGA tour. And you still tell everybody You're helping the toll Your strategy's so offline You, you should shout for You should resign, you should resign Cause you're getting it wrong We'll see you at Wentworth And I'll sing this song Paul McGinley Or when Glass-Eyed Benny Beat Tongue High Jidee Will Fowdo's Won four times And Monty He has three Last year Was a hammer blow A win for Billy Imagine the fury player leads. A ripped shirt from Rory and McGinley's eyes bleed. Anyway, the thing is, and this I mean, it'll be the sweetest winter I've ever still tell everybody you're helping the toll. Your strategy is so offline, you, you should shout for. You should resign, you should resign, because you're getting it wrong. We'll see Resign, you should resign because you're getting it wrong. But we'll see.
0: And that was our latest song. Well, about Wentworth and Pelly. Hope you enjoyed the lyrics. A new take on Elton John's classic, Your Song. And that was your song. It's actually my song. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's go to Wentworth, just down the road from Virginia Water. Sun in Dale, another great course, obviously. But i like tell say, actually, I, was, I wasn't far from um, Wentworth the other day. I was doing some work and I popped into the shop. And I went into the shop and I was putting me stuff on the, the counter, on the conveyor belt. And, and I, I had one banana, one apple, a carton a drink and a packet of crisps. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, you must be single. I said, why is that? She went, because you're an ugly cunt. Right. <laughs> so, I w- so that was Wentworth, right? So So we're Light heading machine. back. Complete machine. Where <laughs> is it? Oh, God. We went, we were, yeah, so I was at Wentworth. Anyway, we're hoping to get down to, we are going to Wentworth this week. God willing, as long as you're fit and healthy, haven't got a bowls match on, my knee's a lot better, and I can get rid of this migraine that I've had today. Anyway, Wentworth, before you get into all the course stuff, which you love, and all the weather stuff, which I love, we've had some storms over here in the UK for all those foreign listeners. um Wentworth birthplace of the Ryder Cup. Bought recently by Chinese stroke Thai billionaire businessman. I'll try and pronounce his name, but I think he has a shorter name. It's Dr. Chanchai Rohan Rungurang, Um, which I think he's something like Ben Mai or Ben Chai or uh, anyway, a bit like the Thomas the Tank Kim whatever his name is. Anyway, they all have little <laughs> Tommy <ones>. Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy the yeah. Tanker. Yeah. yeah, that's him. He's renowned for it. He's always last to leave the changing rooms. Anyway, he owns a company called Rainwood Group Investments, and they caused outrage by restricting the debentures at Wentworth to 888. Why 888? I hear you all ask. Well, apparently it's a lucky number in China. Mine's 22. And annual rates would double, and the cost of joining would rise from 15,000 to one hundred and twenty by thousand pounds But after many complaints by members, including chat show superstar, Sir Michael Parkinson, they caved to pressure, but still raised the annual fees by £5,500 to £13,500 to be an annual member there. And since then, the membership has fallen by 40%. I've never heard any issues surrounding Rainwood's ownership and their link to China, of have shocking human rights record, but we won't go there. Don't mention all the human rights stuff again. We left that alone after we left the live argument. They want to make Wentworth the augusta of Europe and have invested millions developing the course and remember that they hired local resident Ernie Els to make the changes to the course. So, talking about the course, tell us about it.
1: Yeah, interesting. So it's the the west course at Wentworth. Uh, There is also the east and the Edinburgh course on this estate and it's a par 72, probably one of the most famous. It used to be gripped by Valderrama, but Wentworth every year was always a pleasure to watch. And those finishing two holes at 17, 18, the par fives are just absolutely unbelievable. But we have a a yardage of roughly just under 7,300 yards. Uh, You know, it's lush green area in Surrey, Green Belt Surrey. Um, You know, fairways are are absolutely immaculate. Um, The greens are just phenomenal. It's a classic tree-lined course, and you know, sometimes you know you you can this time of year when as we're experiencing storms right now, and I'm sure you're going to give us the weather factor in in a short while. But you can get you know significant changes in you know wind direction here and stuff even though it's a classic tree line course and having walked around it uh, again last year you know it's just it, it's it's a lovely walk um it's a great golf course to walk around it's uh, in terms of you know there's not a lot of cut across um areas at Wentworth so you have to follow you know that the, the the golf holes specifically and you know in order to get back to let, let's say you you wanted to watch the par 3 second um, you know if you wanted to follow down the third and then up through the the par I think is it the par five fourth I think it is. Yeah, and then the, the par three fifth and stuff. It's you know to get back to fucking the second. hell you're
0: gonna tell us the traffic as well the... <laughs> got,
1: to get back to the second, you've got to walk all the way back. You can't cut across and it's like so it's it's an interesting layout here at Augusta. Um not Augusta, Wentworth. <laughs> I'll fucking start that again. Cut that one out. <laughs> You totally threw me, you fucker! No, uh, no you are gonna you are gonna cut that, um, or maybe he's not gonna cut that. He's not gonna be uh, right for me today, guys. So it's uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we are at Wentworth. I've got a fucking clue where I am this week. It's unbelievable. It's... <laughs> yeah, we're in Surrey. Um... Don't <laughs> apologize. It's, uh, 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 I don't... Well, you are in Cambridge. You must apologize. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just a, a classic classic golf course and you know a lot of challenging holes in particular but I do like the 17 18 par 5 par 5 finish
0: yeah it's it's a unique unique finish and being in that grandstand at 18 is absolutely amazing (laughs) do you remember that do you remember that do you remember the open that reminds me actually remember I was at the open and I had my backpack on and it was raining very much like it'll be raining this week And unbeknownst to me, one of the kids, one of my kids, um, not just any kids, actually one of my own. um, (laughs) Just any kid. (laughs) Any kid. Because I don't generally go around wearing just random kids' backpacks. But I had my uh, child's backpack on, and unbeknownst to me, they had been swimming – week previous and mango shampoo had dried in the bottom of the bag and anyway the rain and the moist conditions oh
1: god i remember that
0: had reactivated the shampoo and <laughs> out my back were coming mango suds and people were just like giggling oh. and tapping me on the shoulder it was unbelievable it looked like i was it looked like i had a disease it Looked like i was the most fragrant um Ray bead person you'd ever seen in your life, there was just foam coming anyway. Anyway, that, that, that reminds that was me, was St.
1: George's Darren Clark, yeah, Saturday as it was, uh, as it's now been called, but yes, for, for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, I, I remember that, yeah, I remember such that such night,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, weather wise, thanks for that, um, amazing, um, course preview, um, <laughs> it wasn't. and a <laughs> local traffic news. <laughs> <laughs> but the weather, <laughs> the weather is going to be thunderbolts of lightning very very frightening me it's going to be disruption 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 thursday late starters will have to put up with stop and start golf thunder heavy showers i reckon it's going to be clean and place long and receptive greens there you go that's a bit about want to go the weather i know <laughs> no. yeah don't take any mango shampoo yeah it's going to be um yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere near those trees. You'll have to go back to the bar, which won't be a bad thing, to be honest with you, although it is very expensive, like six quid a pint, seven quid a pint. Right, let's get into it then. So I wanted before we get into our angles and how we're going to make our picks and what our picks actually are, let's just talk a bit about what's been going on. There's been press conferences going on all the way through the day, John Rahn, Billy Horschel, and so forth. Billy Horschel has been very, very vocal. Um he was talking about uh, he just doesn't agree, doesn't agree the likes of Gooch, Reed, Cockrack playing this week. Well, first and foremost, Billy Horschel, get your facts right, Cockrack's not actually playing. Um, he believes that players that really come over here all the time and play and put the heart and soul into DP World Tour should be playing here. Um well, I just want to say something about Billy Horschel. Um Patrick Reed in the last five years alone, has played 18 DP World Tour events. Billy Horschel, in his whole career, has played six DP World Tour events. So, okay, I know you won it last year and you like this place, but don't get on your high horse, Billy Ho, because you actually haven't played that many. So, I understand where you're coming from with Gooch. But Gooch is only just being allowed to play. He's only been eligible to play in this event because of his world ranking, right? So let's get that. Um, so, what's your opinion? Because Ram's come out and said, "Yeah, you know, my friend Alfredo Garcia Herrera um, has missed out by one because the likes of you know Gooch." is playing. He, he agrees with Reed because he's been playing a lot, like I've just given you the facts and figures, and, and Westwood and Poulter and Garcia, and they've all put the heart and soul into DP World in their early careers, which is fine. So what's your opinion regarding what Billy has said?
1: Well, first off, he's a West Ham fan, and we all know West Ham fans have got a lot to say about nothing. But yeah, I, I like Ooh. Billy Horshaw, and that's totally... <laughs> messed up our interview with Billy that I've lined up, but, you know, it's kind of, um, so well done there, bro. Um, Yeah, no, I I think, listen, he's trying to, I, I think he's trying to play good cop, bad cop. He's obviously on the side of the likes of Rory and JT and others. He's got his friends and stuff. And maybe he's, you know, acting as a bit of a mouthpiece for them as well. And it's kind of again, like I said earlier on, everybody's allowed an opinion. Um I I agree with I don't agree with too much around the, you know, that there are a number of players on the DP World Tour that have missed out this week for you know, the stellar field that it is. And obviously, yes, we've got live players, the likes of Abraham Anser, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed. I take your point. Patrick Reed's played a lot of DP World Tour stuff over the years, European Tour. But, you know, certainly those three golfers, what are they actually doing here this week? Why is it? I don't know. Have they got BMW sponsorships and that, that's their obligation um or is it to kind of bolster the antagonistic side of what's going on with the whole divisive live situation because what we do know from listening to some of the players is that there is going to be a lot of angst on the driving range there is going to be a lot of angst on the practice putting green um there's probably going to be a lot of angst in and and maybe animosity and cheering in the crowd and stuff and it's going to add fuel to the fire but the likes of Billy Horschel, who's got a stature in the game, um, you know, I I think he's trying to support and make a case for um, obviously you know that the the, play, the likes of Fitzpatrick and and others and stuff that. Um, He's trying to side with them, I think, is is what he's playing. He's he's just playing that card. And that's my opinion on that. I think, you know, I'd, I'd love a chance to talk to him and try and find out a bit more about kind of where he's coming from. But uh, reading between the lines, I think that's what we're looking at.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. People are taking other players. Like Richard Mansell, for argument's sake, you know, he's
1: not got in this week. Um, mm.
0: but
2: Which and
1: is so... a shame because he's been playing some absolute brilliant golf recently and he should... He deserves a spot here, just as much as anybody else does.
0: Well, you said, you know, why are they over here? Well, I'll give you the answer. Especially for answer, is that it's well, ranking points, obviously, isn't it? You know, this is a prime. It's a very strong field. It will get. It will gain a very strong rating, and there'll be a lot of points on offer. But so are they like,
1: really going to get it from one event, bro?
0: Well, they're going. Well, they're going to get more than they would do if they didn't play it. So, you know, if Anser goes and wins it, I don't know what the the ranking strength of this tournament is this week and what points are to the winner. But it will certainly cement Anser's position. The likes of, you know, the players that are there, Gooch, like I said, top 50 player. So he gets in automatically. And other, so there are lots of different exemptions. You know, players are getting into this event on the back of finishing in the top 100 of the DP World Tour ranking three years ago so you know there are there are players that perhaps shouldn't be there if you want to say that and players in form like Richard Mansell should but it's going to be interesting um Rahm had his say as well and there's going to be angst there's going to be there's definitely going to be a bit of tension down there I hope it doesn't but Rahm actually did make a good point and he he said that the media do not help the situation you know um but they report yeah. on what they hear. They report on press conferences. They report on what's been going on. It'd be interesting, like you mentioned briefly earlier about the meeting that's taking place today. And it'd be nice to hear what comes out of that meeting. Um, and
1: Yeah, whether it's just mudslinging or whether it's constructive, uh, who knows? Time time will tell. Uh, but, you know, I just want to circle back. You know, Abraham answer is 24th in the world rankings. Hmm. So it's not like, you know, by not, playing Wentworth it's not like he's really going to lose out anything in terms of the world you know the world ranking structure is if he's not eligible to play other world ranking events because he's now a live player um, then yeah obviously over time that is going to suffer so for someone like Abraham Anser it isn't so much of an issue in terms of getting those world ranking points in my opinion can he feature this week who knows Taylor Gooch 46 in the world same sort of thing yeah you know, if he slips outside of top fifty in the world by a certain point in time, will he be eligible for the Masters? It's looking highly likely, as we've talked about before, that the likes of the Masters, the RNA, are probably not going to impose those restrictions on live golfers as far as the majors goes. But so, so I don't think it's a world ranking issue for me per se. I don't, maybe, and maybe it is a sponsor's obligation.
0: I, I don't know. Well, also look at the the end of season DP. Um, World Tour Championship over in the desert, you know, it, if they play well here and finish quite high up, then they solidify the position there and there's more ranking points for that and there's money on offer, so yeah, there's a lot going on and it'll be very, very interesting, so let's crack on because um, we're running on a little bit and we've got to talk about how we're going to get to our picks and, and who we're picking, right, so first and foremost right, angles for the course Condition. Yeah. condition, right, for me, is putting up with tough conditions regularly. You know, a Mm. bit of of wind, a bit of – there's not going to be much wind, but a damp course, a longer course. The round went with, as you know, and a lot of the listeners know, you have to play quite a few shots. You know, it's quite a strategic golf course. You have to be tactically astute when you're taking on this golf course. Otherwise, you can come unstuck. There are plenty of opportunities to make a score, but there are also plenty of opportunities to make a big Big score. So, what am I looking at? Last three winners: Billy Ho, Tyrrell Hatton, Danny Willett. They've either won in Scotland at the Dunhill Links, played well there, and played well here. For me, that's a correlation. So, I'm looking at players that have played well at Dunhill Links, and I'm taking players that are starting early on Thursday, for the sole reason that afternoon starters will be so interrupted. Will they able to get a rhythm in their game? They're my angles. What about you?
1: Yeah, interesting. I think um, I'm certainly looking, I think, with the weather conditions this week. and, And again, I don't know whether the wind will be a factor, probably not more, more so much the rain and the disruption. But I think there is going to be a premium on accuracy this week, certainly from a driving perspective. I think GIR is going to be of paramount importance. So any players that are bringing a really strong green in regulation game to uh, Wentworth this week, I think will feature um, certainly, you know, bogey avoid. This is a tough course, you know, for the things that you've mentioned is there is shot shaping that's required. There is strategic thinking in terms of mapping your around mapping your way around a course you know shooting a 70 71 may not be a bad thing to keep yourself in the tournament this week course experience without a shadow of doubt for me is is up there so there's some of the angles that i'm looking at this week i like your dunhill kind of um link in it's yeah it's an interesting angle um, but yeah, they're the things for me, really. Uh, course experience, I, I think, is really important here.
0: No, I definitely totally agree with you. And you'll see that in, in, in my picks also, um, to a degree. Now, I don't know who you've picked. You don't know who I've picked. Um, but I just I just want to run through a few players, at the head of the market. You know, Rory McElroy, great to see him over here. We've had the pleasure of his company, not counting the JP McManus once on these shores this year at the Open. So, supportive of this great tour, obviously. Won this eight years ago. Last seen here three years ago, finishing tied ninth at shocker start of 76. He's going to be a danger without a shadow of a doubt, but he's no price for me. John no. Rahm, second here three years ago. Again, his talent makes him a danger, but again, no value. Billy Horschel, has been quoted as saying he could play this course for the rest of his life. And he's, he's played okay since his memorial win, but He's not for me this week. Um, so, And I also won't be backing anyone that played at Live because of how different these two courses will play this week. I find it hard to imagine that jet lag, limited practice due to the weather issues and the thunder that we've had today as well, will help these guys acclimatise. That's my angle, and I'll come for my picks right now. Go on, then. Do you Give want to go first, first, or do you want me to go first? No, I
1: want you to go first.
0: Uh, okay, so we're not doing age before beauty. Um, right, let's go... My first pick is a guy, I, I pick him all the time and it ain't, ain't going to be a massive surprise. I've contradicted myself um, a little bit on the grounds that I won't pick players because they're travelling back from live. This guy's travelled back uh, from the KFT and yeah, he's been on the KFT and like I said, I've contradicted myself, but he's been striking it so well. He likes it here. He has great length, who uh, misses, which will help him on this softened track. The newfound confidence will add to his game and I will be backing this player in the market without Rory, Rahm and Fitzpatrick. He's an early starter on Thursday. He's 40 to 1. and His name is Dean Bermester.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I, it's interesting. You have kind of contradicted yourself a little bit there, haven't you? You know, kind of Can Rory feature? Can Fitzpatrick feature? Can John Rahm feature? That kind of thing, and and yet you're playing the market without them. I think that's a safe option you're taking. I I think it's it's probably also wise because Rory, Rahm, Fitzpatrick, they're phenomenal players. That they can turn up and you know win this tournament. Yeah, absolutely, quite easily. So uh, interesting that you go for, I mean, you didn't contradict yourself in terms he, he didn't play live last week, he played the KFT, but yeah, he's been over in the States for the last three tournaments, um, done really well, accomplished his goal of obviously getting his tour card via the KFT finals. And, you know, certainly someone who's had strong, strongish form here the last few years in particular, and tied ninth, actually his best position back in 2017. But the big thing I think at the moment is his game, where it's at. He's clearly sky high confident. And uh it's an interesting price, I think, isn't it? It's forty five to one, is it, without those three players? Well, yeah, different markets will vary,
0: but on beth three six fives, forty to one without those three players at the moment, five places, quarter of the odds.
1: Yeah, forty fives. Okay. Um all right, excellent. Okay. I thought you might have gone for Burmese this week, but uh that doesn't surprise me. Okay, my first play this week. Um, I am going to play a safe option to start off with. And I'm going to play Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, solid here. Not spectacular is probably my opening statement. But he has a, had a great year. There's no doubt about it. Um, he Could he be distracted by... All of the comments and the opinions and the, the hijinks that's going on with the whole live situation. Yes, he probably could be. I hope he can put that to one side and bring his A game here. Tied 7th, 2020, tied 8th, 2018. Clearly loves this part of the world. And he's short at 11 to 1 in the outright markets, uh, but confident enough pick to start off with. I need to get back on the winner's trail.
0: Yes, we both do. A bit of a shocker of late. Right, Matt Fitzpatrick for you, pretty strong first pick. My second pick, another early starter. Good form around here. Fourth last time he played when it was in the European Masters. And in the market without, he is around about 70 to 1. It is Rosner. I think I think he's got the game. His stats are good. Um this year I think he's got the game to suit this. He's going to he's going to need to putt a lot better. He's going to need to put a lot better around Wentworth, but I think he's a good price,
1: and I think he's solid. And who was that? Rosner. Rosner, right? Okay, interesting. Frenchman Rosner.
0: Okey dokey. Mean...
1: All right, you want my second play? Yeah, whenever you want, mate. Okay, excellent. I'm going to play a sixteen to one shot in the outright market again. You know, number another... safe from a betting perspective, probably not safe in terms of where. He has been playing, but he's had some strong finishes throughout this season. And it's Shane Lowry, uh, tied six best in 2017 in the last five years, uh, but a plethora of top 20 finishes all the way around that in terms of the last four years in particular. Um, I, I think, you know, if Shane Lowry can bring a game and we know he's someone who can play in adverse weather conditions, uh, 16 to one shot is... Again, I would have expected maybe, I don't know, 25s, but 16 to 1. I'm going to take it. Shane Lowry, second plate.
0: Yeah, not risking much this week, bro. Not uh, at the moment. Right. My third and final pick. I only got three this week BMW PGA. I've got a guy... 27th here last year, shot 66 in one of the rounds, 32nd in 2020, 24th in 2019, second in the Dunhill Links last year and third in the Dunhill Links 2019. <laughs> putting very well this year, top 10 on the DP World Tour rankings regarding putting. And it is Lagergren. I know you've backed him a few times this year, but in the market without, and he's starting early on Thursday, so early that he'll be the second... Man out on the course on Thursday 175 to one without Ooh. those three main players, Lagergren, and he's my third pick.
1: Oh, we know you go for big odds. Yeah, that's that, that's an interesting one. That one, okay. Joachim Lagergren, all right, like that. Um, <coughs> excuse me, third pick for me is an Aussie, um, a Very good season. Lots of fifths and fourths in very big tournaments. Genesis, FedEx St. Jude, uh, BMW Championships at Wilmington. And over here on the DP World Tour in Dubai, um, had strong finishes and also in Abu Dhabi. But also tied 14th in the US Open. A very good finish. And in terms of form here at Wentworth, I tied 14th last year. We followed him for a little bit as well. Opened with rounds of 65 and 69. I do think Adam Scott can have a really good week this week. I do. I think he's in those um, FedEx Cup playoff events. He he was playing some really top golf. Really. And, and, you know, he's, He's got experience here at Wentworth as well. So, Adam Scott, 30-1 to in the outright. I probably need to look and see what the odds are with the 20-1 to with the three players out. So, decision to be made there. But I like where Adam Scott's game is at the moment. Third play.
0: All right, fair enough. Yeah, I look forward to watching him if we can get around and if there's any play on Thursday, if we go Thursday. Right, have you got another one or is that it? Three?
1: No, I've got five this week. Well, I've only got three, so crack on. All right, wicked. Okay. Number four for me is a Frenchman, second here in 2020. Uh, again, we followed him for a, a little bit last year. Didn't play <coughs> particularly well, but at 90 to 1 in the outright market with the season that Victor Perez has had. Yes, you've worked it out. It's Victor Perez. Um, <laughs> You're fucking <sitting> <laughs> talking to myself. Dutch, Dutch <laughs> Open win um, was quite impressive. But he's had some good form this year, and I do I do like that solid standout second in 2020. So yeah, Victor Perez, ninety to one, big price. Um, my last play is a, a little bit of a speculative one. Has been playing on the KFT finals recently. Uh, played really really well, and it's Kiradech Um uh, Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Kiradech uh, Aphibamrat. I love um, it. I nearly
0: picked him actually.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, do you know what? He's, he's an, interesting, um, an interesting player and he certainly has got form here at Wentworth. There is no doubt about that. He had a tied second last year with a f- closing round 64 uh, and in 17 and 18, he was inside the top 15, fight, tied fifth 2018. So where his game has been, recently on the KFT and I know we're coming back to Wentworth but with that form as well, I think he's a big price and he's 90 to 1 without those three players and I think he's somewhere around about 140 to 1 in the outright. So they're they're my five this week. Shane Lowry, Adam Scott, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Perez, not Pat and Kiradech Afi Barnrat.
0: Right, and mine are Dean Bermester, Rosner and Lagergren in the market without Rory, Rahm and Fitzpatrick. Right, that wraps it up. Hope you enjoyed the song. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Next week, we are over in Italy at the Ryder Cup venue, Marco Simone. The likes of Rory will be there. Hovland will be there. The winner of this week's tournament will be there, as well as the top 10. Plus, there are lots of invites yet to be given out. So I just wonder, will there be american Ryder cup players coming over to try out this course will they all be staying in the comfort of their own home and not worrying about our little tour but hey that's pretty much it for this week bro it's been fun as always looking forward to next week's italian open and seeing the Ryder cup venue and if you haven't got anything else to say
1: no i got no more to say i'm off
0: well i'm gonna leave you with this one side note Strategic Alliance, my fucking ass. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. Take care. <laughs>